Blake Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. Happy holidays to you and your family, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I'm Jonathan Hood. Hope that you're going to have a great start of the 2021 year. We've got a lot to talk about. How about the Bulls and their first victory against the Washington Wizards? They got it done in our nation's capital by the score of 115 to 107. And we're going to hear from Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls, in just a moment. I want to point out, though, that I just thought the number one thing is that the Bulls shared the basketball well. 26 assists on 38 field goals made. Six players with seven or more assists. Wendell Carter Jr. had a double-double, had 10 points and 12 rebounds for the Bulls. Again, to see the Bulls share the basketball the way they did, that's exactly what you want if you're a Bulls fan because you just want everyone to be comfortable on the floor. When you have Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Zach Levine, who's been there, marketing, you want them to be able to play together as a team. When you have that assist-to-field goal ratio, you see those 26 assists, that made me happy watching the Bulls game uh, tonight. Also, taking a look at Wendell Carter Jr., seeing him on the glass with him being able to have 12 rebounds and have 10 points. It's exactly what the doctor ordered for the Bulls. He had three assists as well. The Bulls were a minus 10 on the glass. If you're looking for a negative, you want to be more aggressive on the glass. Laurie Markkinen had to leave the game because of a calf injury. He finished with nine points and four rebounds. Now, how about the backcourt? So Kobe White and Zach Levine. I'm keying in on these two because these two have to be the catalyst for this team offensively. Kobe White getting his and also distributing the basketball, and Zach Levine is a sharpshooter, as you and I both know. So combined, Kobe White and Zach Levine, 41 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, and 12 for 13 from the foul line. That's what you want, a one-two punch that played anywhere between 37 and 38 minutes out there doing the most against the Washington Wizards. Love that. Seven Bulls had double digits. As I mentioned, marketing with the calf injury. And so the Bulls go on to victory, and they defeat the Washington Wizards. Let me point out something else about the Wizards, too. So the Wizards no longer have John Wall. We all know about that trade. John Wall goes to Houston. Russell Westbrook comes to Washington. Don't let anyone tell you that a triple-double doesn't mean anything. I don't care how many stat heads are out there, analytics people that tell you that's empty stats. It's not. To see Russell Westbrook go out there and provide 21 points and 15 rebounds and 11 assists and be all over the floor in 30 minutes of play, that's not easy to do. It's just not easy to do. So when you are out there and providing that yet another triple-double, this dude's going to surpass, I think, the big O at some point, Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson was able to get those triple doubles and lead the league and lead the entire league 
in the history of the great NBA in triple doubles when there was no three-point line. So that was remarkable. But to see Russell Westbrook trying to make others better, for him to crash the board to get rebounds, no offensive rebounds, just getting 15 defensive rebounds, trying to make others better with 11 assists, when you are all over the floor and trying to do things, that's not an empty stat. That is something great to see him always trying to get that triple-double, always trying to help himself and help someone else uh, on his basketball team. So I, I will never turn a blind eye to that kind of effort. But the Bulls win 115-107. to We're going to hear from Andre Snellings, my guy from ESPN.com. Andre Snellings covers the analytics department, also has a number of other things that he does with ESPN regarding the basketball side, whether it's gambling, analytics, some really thoughtful um projects that he's working on as well. We'll hear from Andre momentarily on the Under the Hood basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Okay, let's hear from the head coach. Let's hear from Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls. His thoughts. He gets his first win as a Bulls head coach. Let's hear his thoughts as he talks to the media after the game. It's like getting the, uh, obviously you got the young starting lineup, but you're, you've been relying on the, the veterans, it seems like, more and more every game. Um just what's your thought process behind that and, and having those guys help the younger guys? Yeah, I, I, I think those younger guys need that. They need help um, in, in a lot of areas. So, you know, a lot of those guys have played in meaningful games, you know, throughout their career. Um, you know, hopefully we get that back soon. But certainly Otto and, and Garrett um, got very, very good basketball IQ. Uh, they're smart players. They're experienced players. Um, I think they give the group a level of confidence uh, and belief. Uh, but, you know, we've slowly, I think, in the preseason tried to, you know, work Otto up to some more and more minutes. And, you know, still I think we have to be smart with his minutes. I think extending him into the mid to high 30s would not be good, you know, on a consistent basis. Garrett, I think, coming back off of the COVID is slowly getting his legs under him. But, you know, they've played against a lot of these guys in the league. They know the league real well. They know personnel. Um, they're really they're really good, and they help a guy like Patrick talking to him about certain things or what may be getting ready to happen or, you know, it's going to come. I think they try to help Wendell, Lowry, you know, all those guys, and even Kobe. So um, those guys have done a nice job, and, and they've been total pros. Thanks. Yep. Darnell, go ahead. Billy, congratulations on your first win uh, in Chicago. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Did, did I see that right? Did they present you with a game ball? They did do that, and I handed it up to Arturis. So it kind of went from the players to the coach to the front office. So Arturis has it now, but yes. So that's how that's how it went. Nice. I, I'm curious to piggyback on Mike's question about the veterans, Thomas Saransky specifically. Yeah. What do you get out of him? I mean, look, it's like really adapting well to your offense. Right, well, and I, I, I did not mention him and I should have, um, you know, even his settling, you know, there with that group at the point guard spot did a great job. Um, I thought he made some really key baskets. He had a couple, one, one floater. He made one deep shot with his foot on the line and made a corner three. I mean, those were really important baskets because they were starting to make a run at us. They started to turn up the intensity and the heat and the pressure, and we needed to do a better job handling it. You know, I thought we took care of the basketball really well in the, in the, in the first half. I think we had four turnovers and we didn't foul, which was big. I think we turned it over 10 times in the second half, but that unit there that kind of stabilized it as they made a run, you know, I thought Sato was a big, big part of that and just being a calming force out there. Thank you. Yep. Casey Johnson, go ahead. 
Billy, uh, one quick one on Lowry. He did, he exited early in the third and didn't come back. Did something happen with him? Yeah. So same same issue with the calf. He I don't know if he got hit uh, or kicked directly in the same spot again, but it is the same calf. He wanted to try. Happened in the in the second quarter, I believe. He wanted to uh, try to give it a go in the third and. He ramping down a few times, and he just told me I can't go, so we just got him out. So I don't. That's all I know at this point in time. I'll probably find out a lot more later today or tomorrow. Cool. And then uh, what about the game? Um, obviously, it's a team game, and you guys played lights out with with balance and assists and seven and double figures. But that's a pretty good backcourt that Zach and Kobe stared right up against and, and played well. Kobe in particular looked like he had a really efficient night. What did you think about that matchup, and how important was that to the to the outcome of the game? Well, I thought it was important that we show those two guys a crowd. You know, we tried to get into some gaps and some driving lanes. I think I talked about that maybe before the game that, you know, especially Russell in transition, if he sees creases and seams, he takes advantage of it. We just tried to get guys in really good spots. You know, we gave up some threes, and that's going to happen because you're trying to protect the paint. Uh, But I thought that we made them work for their points. You know, Russell, I thought we did a really good job of not letting him get directly all the way to the rim. And he obviously shot the ball well from mid-range, but you're going to rather have him do that than, than get to the rim and take layups. And to your point, I think Kobe and Zach, they fought like crazy, and I think they had a lot of built-in help as well. So that that it was really kind of a team effort. Those guys on the ball and the rest of the guys just trying to load up and help. Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls, as Billy gets his first victory as Bulls coach. I said this several times already this season. I'll say it all season. This will not be easy for Billy Donovan to try to change the culture of what the Chicago Bulls once were and to be able to clean the stench off of the Jim Boylan administration and to be able to have marketing and Carter in the right spots, to have a couple of guards uh, to really be able to play well in Kobe White and Zach Levine. And I got to be able to shout out Patrick Williams as well. Uh, The rookie uh, played well. I'm not expecting a ton from him this year, but what I'm getting here is a guy that's unafraid. 19 years of age, the knock on him was, oh, there's Patrick Williams. He never started for Florida State. That's because people didn't watch Florida State uh, basketball enough to understand that it was a deep team. And Leonard... Hamilton had his type of rotation that was going on at FSU. And so Patrick Williams looks unafraid, and you like that. He doesn't look intimidated by the moment. Attacking the rim, I love him being able to rim run, go to the basket, dunk. I love him being able to knock down shots and just do it just as as if he's been doing it for 10 or 12 years. I I do agree with Stacey King and a few others that have seen Patrick Williams say, are you sure this guy... (laughs) Are you sure this guy hasn't played the game before in the NBA? Because his game is very smooth. It just comes to him. Again, these are just a few games that we've seen so far. But so far, so good for a rookie whose eyes are not too big for the moment. So you really like that. My guy, Andre Snellings, who is a Detroit Pistons fan. A man who covers the NBA for ESPN and ESPN.com. And is really good on the fantasy basketball tip. Does a lot of analytics for ESPN when it comes to basketball. I talked to him earlier today, got his thoughts about some of the storylines around the NBA. Andre Snellings, the Professor DRZ, with me here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Andre, thanks for joining me, man. How are you? I'm doing great. It's holiday season, my favorite time of year. Hey, mine too. Mine too. All the gifts and stuff. My wife actually appreciates me. It's amazing. Just the one time of year, but it's good. (laughs) 
funny how that works the, the one time of the year <laughs> so you know what i really love man it's one thing about uh, about christmas but when it comes it's great well, everything it means everything it stands for but you know it is chill time for for us basketball fans i mean when it comes to christmas day games i'm right there in front of the tv as much as possible watch it but here's the question now, what do we learn from the Christmas Day games? I couldn't get one one close game, not one cliffhanger, not one, <laughs> not one. Yeah, I mean, you know, so the NBA starting around Christmas this year is a whole new thing, and I think it kind of puts a different spin on those NBA, I mean, you know, on those Christmas Day games. Um, instead of it coming, you know, two two and a half months into the season, when every team is kind of starting to kind of get their feet under them and establish themselves. Right now, this was essentially almost the end of the preseason. And and so I don't think you can take big messages from, you know, the Christmas Day games or really any of the, the, the first week uh, games so far. Like, I was just looking at the standings, and in both the East and the West, the top, say, five teams uh, in both conferences are all teams that either missed the playoffs entirely last year or were out in the first round. So I think that, you know, layover from the, the 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 bubble just ending really two, three months ago, I think that's real. I think it's impacting the better teams from last year, and it's letting the teams that, that, that maybe weren't as good last year get off to a faster start. So I'm not reading anything in yet. I'm just glad to have the, the action uh, to be able to watch. Okay, right from a, a number standpoint, I look at the Nuggets and Clippers, not necessarily the game, but I'm looking at the rosters, looking at the roster composition, and trying to figure out, are the Nuggets again going to be better than the Clippers in the West? How do you break these two teams down based on what we saw last year and what we have this year with the rosters? Yeah, so I think that last, last season, even though the Nuggets won the series, I think in most scenarios, the Clippers were probably the, the, the slightly better team. Um, and the, the Clippers, I feel like the way they're currently constituted, will always have that, you know, Mike Tyson knockout big punch possibility. Um, they, they, they could be a team that could come out the West. But I really like the Nuggets' development. I like that, that even for where they were last year, they actually won the game. You know, the Clippers might have had it on paper, but the Nuggets actually won the series, and, and that's huge. And they did it with some really young players starting to come into their own. And the fact that Michael Porter Jr. now enters this season already with a role and, and already being able to develop, I think he gives them something that could potentially place them above the Clippers and really most teams in, in the West. And they, 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 it's funny. They, they might have done it in back-to-back drafts, right, because they had Michael Porter Jr. was a, 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 a top overall draft prospect who fell because of the injury. And then the next year they did the same with Bo Bowl. And, you know, Bo Bowl has had these, you know, kind of breakout performances in games that don't really matter so much. Um, but you never know. Uh, if he gets the opportunity later in the year, he could be another superstar uh, on, on the rise of the future. So, so I like the Nuggets a little better, I guess, is the end of my, my long story. Okay, so here's a column idea. You ready? Here's a column idea. Write this All down. Right, what you got? Long idea. Yeah. So, so from a, from, from a, because you are a, an analytics brain, because <laughs> you have the numbers, so you just got to give us one through whatever, you know, one through 30 as far as cool factor. 
for NBA teams. Uh, like, see, see, here's the thing. You and I go to a bar, and if I'm wearing a Nuggets jersey, people going to point at that as like, what is that? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the whole point. Like, Jokic is the best center to me in the league. And, and you see the numbers on a, on a nightly basis. He was terrific against Houston. He had a triple-double against Houston. I mean, he's a tri- – but when you think about Nuggets, you think about, you know, the Joker first, and then you think, okay, so what else? Is Murray going to be that guy to take it to a next level? Is Harris going to take it to another level? Cool factor. Not sure the Nuggets are in that cool factor. I think that's the, that's the whole issue. This might yeah. be more undefeated than ESPN.com. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, there's a call. Like, like when you walk into a, to a club or a bar and you got a Nuggets jersey on, is that as cool as where, like, you know, Milwaukee with Giannis or even a, a new school Knicks jersey, you know, Golden State? What do you think? <laughs> the fact that, that, you know, with the way the last couple years are going, that the Knicks jersey is still cooler than the Nuggets jersey. Um, <laughs> that, that, that does speak to, to that not necessarily being the uh, evaluation of how good the team is. But, right, exactly. um, I, think, I think you have a great point, though. Um, I always, you know, harken back to a couple years ago, I wrote an article on, it was based on super teams. Mm-hmm. And I used a combination of, of like kind of all-star game, you know, accolades type information, but also, uh, you know, more advanced analytics to, to come up with what teams had groups of multiple star and superstar players. And when I wrote that article, like I said, this was maybe two years ago. So, no, Jokic, if, if he's a household name now, that might be a stretch, but he definitely wasn't then. And I, I wrote then that he was arguably the best center in the NBA and, you know, he was, he was great. He was about to lead his team to some, some outstanding stuff. And I got major pushback. You know, people, <laughs> my, my Twitter mentions were on fire. You know, people were like, who is this Jokic guy? You know, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're going too far into the nerd stats. And so, so to your point, he doesn't have that cool factor because a lot of what he does on the court, you kind of got to be more of an NBA you know, fan or NBA um, uh, have like kind of an analytics mindset as opposed to just watching because he's not a, a eye test guy. You know, he, he's not dunking on nobody. You know, he's not dropping <laughs> nobody up off the dribble. He's going to nail that J. He's going to run your offense to him. He, he's going to have a triple-double, but, it, you know, his passes don't look like Magic Johnson's. So when it comes to the cool factor, yeah, he's not it. But, man, when it comes to the product on the court – there's not too many that's doing it better than dude, and and that's going to be important as this season goes along and we start getting the championship time. We will hear more from Andre Snellings from ESPN.com in just a moment, but first let me tell you about DraftKings. From a collegiate to professional sports, the calendar is in full swing, and there is no better time to get in all the action than with DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook as America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players a chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games. At 100 to 1 odds, all you got to do is bet $1 on any football game of this weekend. And if your team wins, you cash $100. 
Download the top-rated DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WMVP when you sign up to get up to $100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code WMVP for new players. For a limited time only with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Illinois only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has got a gambling problem, crisis counseling or referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. So when the NFL playoffs get underway, what a great deal. All you got to do is bet $1 on any football game, and if your team wins, you cash $100. Yeah, you got to get on that DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now. And don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. Get ready, get ready, because the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. Also for basketball, if you're a basketball fan, college or pro, it's the perfect place to go. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. But for the NFL playoffs, get ready. What a bargain. If you are into what is going on with the NFL playoffs, man, it's awesome. $100. That's pretty good. Just betting $1 on any football game, pretty good. Now back to Andre Snellings, my guy from ESPN.com. Some of the storylines around the NBA. I am so high on the Portland Trailblazers this year. Um, I think that they're another one. They're an interesting combination of the two when it comes to analytics versus cool factor mm-hmm. because you know to me dame lillard is one of like the coolest type players in the nba you know what i'm saying like, he, all nba players seem like want to rap but dude can actually rap you yes. know and you know what I'm saying? He, he comes from from oakland and you know i just i love everything about his story but when it comes to the product that the trailblazers are putting on the floor i just feel like so many people aren't necessarily realizing how close they are to the top. Like, the Nuggets were, were the team that ended up making it to the conference finals last year, but the year before, it was the, the Trailblazers. And, and in each of the two seasons before last year, they were the number three seed going into the playoffs. And, and so it's like they've, they've been like a step below the elite. But when I look at, at the development of, you know what I'm saying, obviously Lillard and, and CJ are, are, are right in their peaks right now. But then um, when, when Nurkic is healthy, it makes them an entirely different team. And they traded for Robert Covington in the offseason. He's another one that the analytics love. Like when I was talking about how Jokic, no, everybody was like, who? When I was talking about him before, those same types of impact stats point to Covington as one of the best defensive players in the NBA in any position. And the fact that he can knock down the three at such a high volume while playing, he can even, like, he showed in Houston last year, he can even play big four. I mean, big, you know, big forward. Like, he's one of the most unsung role players in the NBA, and he fits perfectly on that squad. So, yes, I, I love what's going on in Denver, and the Clippers are always dangerous, but when we did our NBA preview column um, with dot-com a couple weeks ago, my Western Conference Finals pick this year is the Lakers against the Trailblazers, because I, I think they're for real. Yeah, I was very intrigued by how Portland played against the Lakers. We got a little um, taste of that uh, as Gary Trent really was had a really terrific game for Portland. So you like this Second roster, yeah? So so you like this roster that Portland's put together better than last year's? Clearly, right? Oh, a lot better, a lot better. I mean, last year. So the problem is, last year they were so injured, right? You know, this team isn't able to play to its capacity without 
use of Nurkic as center. Like he, he, he's for one one of the better centers in the NBA. But the way he plays, especially on offense, just dovetails so nicely with what they've got from their backcourt. So him being out all year, like you saw, they weren't even. Um, they were like what the 11 seed or something when they got to the bubble. But then Nurkic came back in the bubble. And all of a sudden, they were one of the hottest teams there. Like, I maintained, if they wouldn't have, like, once they snuck into the playoffs, if they wouldn't have had to play the Lakers in the first round, you know, they might have been a, 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 you know, second round, maybe even conference finals last year. Like, I I think they were really good once they got everybody back. And and then, like I said, adding Covington to that. And not sleeping on Melo. You know, he moved to a six-man role this year, but he was really good for them last year. And so if he's able to maintain that same energy, but in in a six-man role, um, their, their lineup doesn't have many holes, especially with Gary Trent Jr. shooting like that. So, Andre, if we are moving away from the the idea that Giannis could be MVP or LeBron could be MVP again, so why aren't more people focused on Lillard more so than Luka? It just seems to me that they're – first of all, it's just nonsense to me that – if Giannis is the best player in the league, why can't he be MVP again? I understand right. that there's a fatigue. With, to me, that's just nonsense. So if you're going to move away from that narrative and say, well, we got to give it to someone else because we just have to, then, then shouldn't be more people look at Lillard because of Portland and what their roster is versus Dallas? Because I don't see Dallas taking that extra step, especially at the, at the jump right now. They have not gotten off to the start. I think they would because of injuries. So shouldn't we be focused on Lillard being MVP then? Definitely. Like, Lillard has, has been, like, he was, in my opinion, he was a dark horse MVP candidate even last season coming into the year. Um, you know, before the injuries derailed them, you know, if, if, if they're a top three seed in the West, and that means that they would be on, say, maybe 55 win pace in a normal 82-game season, then um, I absolutely think Lillard should be right there. Um, I've, I've, I've got him as a preseason top five NBA favorite um, with, with a legitimate chance to win in what should be a wide-open uh, race because, as you pointed out, there is a bit of a stigma with Giannis and the Bucks this year. Them being the number one seed two years in a row and, and him winning MVP two years in a row has a lot of people, and they're not, not you know, being able to win in the, the, the playoffs the way they want to, has a lot of people just looking askance at anything, I think, that, that he produces this year. And therefore, when you take that and then add in this short turnaround season, which probably means that LeBron isn't going to be able to go full board the whole year like he did last year, you know, that that takes the top two MVP candidates from last year off the board. And then Harden is a third with all the turmoil in Houston. Um, we, we could be looking at the most wide open MVP race in years. And yes, I, I would have Lillard right at the top of that stat. And what about with Luka Doncic, as we talked about? Like, what, 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 how do you look at Dallas and then with Doncic? I just think it's a name that was thrown out there, but I thought, well, if you want to throw his name out there, that means that at the team, Dallas has to be a true contender. I don't see them being in the top three at the most in the West this season. Yeah, no, I mean, so Luka, he's captured the imagination of, of the general NBA public in a way that doesn't happen all that often. I mean, he's, he's only in his third season, and I think he's still only 20 years old, maybe 21 at the most. So um, it, it would be early in the game for for any player to be winning MVP. I think Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP ever, um, and and even he's a little o- older then um, than Luka is now. So I think it's maybe a little early to, to look at him as the MVP, in my opinion. 
Um, and and I wrote actually I wrote an article um, that ran today. I was, I was part of an ensemble piece on on dot com where we were looking at early season trends, you know, real or not. And my topic, what I was writing on, was whether the guy that Luca got traded for, Trey Young, should be considered a top five MVP candidate this season based on the start uh, that the Hawks are having and and potential expectations for him. And, and my argument was it was a little early for him as well because, you know, the, the, the top five MVP candidates come from top five NBA teams. Like, that's just how it works out. Like, I looked at the last three seasons, the 15 players that made up the top five MVP votes from the previous three seasons, their team's average finish was like a 3.1 seed. Like, they were all top three seeds. And, yeah, I... I'm not going to buy into the early season action means that because the Mavericks are one or two means they can't finish towards the top. I mean, they, they've got an excellent scoring differential for whatever that means after only three games. And at some point, Porzingis should come back. And I wouldn't put it past them to make a run. But I'm also not going to anchor him at the top of the list yet because, you know, he and the team still have a lot to prove. Andre Snellings, Professor DRZ on Twitter. Good to hear from Dre front of the program. He'll be on again talking to us about his thoughts about the NBA, some analytics as well. So great to hear from Andre Snellings. All right, don't forget Cap and Jay Hood, the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Cap and I will return on January 4th, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time. Hope you get a chance to check out our thoughts and everything around the world of sports. So we will return as a duo January 4th, and again, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000. And of course, download the ESPN Chicago app. Some quick observations. My God, I'm just going to call it right now. I don't think Stan Van Gundy is the right hire for the New Orleans Pelicans. You see them get blown out on Tuesday night against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I know it's just early in the season. I just thought that David Griffith, the general manager, someone who I did radio shows with on NBA radio, I just thought that he would not find someone who's coached a ton. And I thought maybe he was on his way to just being a broadcaster only. Stan Van Gundy can't coach, is no doubt. He can coach. I just think that when you've had four or five bites at the apple, I think that it's time for something different, something new. Alvin Gentry was let go. I wasn't even sure if Alvin Gentry should have been let go. But because you make that change, you changed and you brought in Stan Van Gundy, someone who has been through the mill over and over and over again. I thought that was a weird hire. By the way, the start of the NBA season has not been great. As I talked to Andre, you couldn't even give me just one thrilling game on Christmas Day. It's good to see the Milwaukee Bucks out there against Golden State and some of the matchups. But boy, they, the games were not close. Speaking of Milwaukee, Milwaukee won over Miami in Miami, 144-97 to on Tuesday night. 47-point win as the Bucks set a record for threes. Okay. Uh, this league is crying for a preseason. <laughs> they try to rush this thing through, and there's some teams that are just not ready. Um, props and shout-out to John Morant. John Morant out three to five weeks with an ankle injury. Had to be taken off just the other night in a wheelchair. So he's got that ankle injury three to five weeks. Hope all the best for him. You see Kawhi Leonard on Christmas Day. Kawhi Leonard was uh, just going up for a rebound, friendly fire. Boom, got hit right in the elbow. 
got right hit hit you know, elbow hit him in the mouth I should say elbow right to the mouth he was bleeding all over the place he was day to day we don't know if it's a concussion or whatever but Kawhi that was a difficult time and by the way speaking of the the Clippers we talk about another blowout against Dallas this past Sunday I mean they didn't even show up for the game it was just it was amazing just following along at a sixty two to eighteen lead for Dallas sixty two eighteen for real for real. Like at the half or something like that. That was just nonsense. Teams have to show up. I mean, they got the uniforms on and they travel to the arena. How about showing up? How about defending? Don't just give up. I hate watching some of this stuff early. Uh, but I love the league, though. It'll all straighten itself out. But, boy, it looks like some preseason stuff that we're watching. Um, and also the other story about Kevin Love. Cavaliers off to a nice start, but yet... Now Kevin Love's out three or four weeks with a calf injury. So it's all early news. It all will straighten itself out. We'll find out the pretenders from the contenders. But some of this this basketball we've seen is a little bit rugged. Looking for some uh, some great action uh, from, say, Portland, for instance. Portland just beat the Lakers the other day. was really impressed by Portland. You heard Charles Barkley on TNT. Did you hear about Charles? Charles said a $100,000 bet that he put up on his site. $100,000 bet that the Portland Trailblazers, I believe, will win the West, get to the finals. It's crazy. I mean, that's just amazing. That's a lot of money. We'll see. But a lot of people are hot on Portland. I think people are kind of tired of Portland being the bridesmaid and never the bride. So anyway, it's been fun to talk to you about the NBA. Don't forget, this is the spot right here on Spotify or on the Cap and J Hood feed on ESPN Chicago on the app. Make sure that you're with us. When you see it pop up, just subscribe. Because if you love basketball, college, pro, anything else basketball, you will love Under the Hood, the basketball podcast. Talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Hope that you have a great new year. 2021 is right here, around the corner. I cannot wait. (laughs) 